Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to the Sideline Podcast with Coach Steve. This is Coach Steve. My guest today, I have Coach Mallard with me. Um, once again, most of these coaches I never met before, but um, that's the power of Twitter. You know, you can reach out, meet, meet people, learn some different things. Uh, you know, Coach reached out to me about being on this podcast. You know, this is this is cheap therapy. We don't have to pay hundreds of dollars an hour to talk to somebody. Um, so Coach reached out. I got him on here. I'm glad to have him. Uh, so, Coach, welcome. Uh, if you want to introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, Coach. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm Coach Mallard. I am the uh, run game coordinator and off-line coach at Goose Creek High School in South Carolina. And um, we're right outside of Charleston, South Carolina. So, if anybody asks, that's where I'd say because that's probably a city that they would know where that is, where that, where I live. Um, I've had a few coaches from your area beyond here, so I think I'm just attracting everybody from over there. Uh, so I always ask a coach this because I'm always curious. Um, I always want to know how people get into coaching because I know I've wanted to do it since I was 16. Um, you know, so was it from just playing sports as a kid or in high school? Was there a coach that said, hey, I want to do what they're doing? Uh, so how did you get into this world that causes us to lose our hair or get gray hairs every year. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, so it actually, so I went to um, South Point High School, which is in um, Rock Hill, South Carolina. And uh, some famous alumni from there are like Stefan Gilmore, you know, the reigning defensive player of the year in the NFL. Um, Jadavion Clowney uh, was another you know, famous alumni we have that played football. There, there are numerous others that played that played in the NFL from my hometown. And so, you know, I was like, man, I'm definitely going to the league. You know, and then I uh, one day I raced Stefan in a in a race, and he gave me ten yards. Like he backed up ten yards and still won. And I said, man, maybe I'm not going to make it to the league. <laughs> so I. Uh, shifted my shifted my focus to uh you know becoming a coach and I, I did go to uh I did get a scholarship to play at Newberry College which is another small school in uh, South Carolina and um went there and then had aspirations just to be a coach from there um but then I was scheduled to start my uh, redshirt junior year and uh blew my knee out two weeks before our first game so I was done and then so after that I really just like became like a graduate assistant and like broke all kinds of film down for, for the coaches in college and did all that. And I've just 
been loving it ever since. Um, so how did being a GA and working that way help translate over to the high school game? Because, you know, a lot of people say high school is more therapy and stuff. Like you're more of a psychologist for kids. Um, but how did like breaking down films, see how college coaches work things, transfer to the high school level? Yeah, so breaking down film like at that level is, I think it's like way more intricate. But I mean, in, in high school, I guess you could break it down that much. But I think it's more like there you can, you know, choose who you want to play for you. So you go in and, and watch other teams film and just break it down by, you know, what formation you're in, what formation they're in. And then, you know, I was responsible for doing the blitzes. So, like, who was blitzing, what formation they were blitzing in, and and all that stuff. So, I would go in and write it all up. And then I would get the um, the scouting report from the defense and all together and then print off, you know, how many ever copies we needed, 100 copies for everybody and hand them out in all the meetings and stuff but it was it's really about you know way more detailed at the college level than I think it is in the high school level so I use some of the things I picked up but at the same time I don't have as much time you know I was just I was a student at GA so I had you know all the day to just watch film now those five hours are surrounded by 30 kids in a classroom and me, you know, helping them learn world geography. That's what I've been teaching the past two years. So I think that's that's the, the biggest difference is just a little bit more time at that level and the more intricate details that you have to use. Yeah, uh, I went to Eastern Illinois and uh, Dino Babers was there for two years. So I helped their spring ball and just watching how much film and stuff they had to do. Uh, Jimmy G was there. Uh, it was crazy, but it did help my eyes on film a little bit, how you really look at the weaknesses. But, yeah, it's, it's nice when you've got 18 hours a day to work on stuff like that. Uh, we don't get that. Um, so I just became – I've been an offense coordinator and an online coach for a while. Um, and then I became just a position coach. Now I'm a run game coordinator. I've never had the title as a run game coordinator. Um so I wanted to ask, like, how does a run game coordinator for you work at your school? Like, are, do you call the run plays? Are you in charge of it, you know, coming up with the run plays? Or, you know, you guys all work together. How does that work, you know, for you being a run game coordinator? Gotcha. So we have a, an offensive coordinator who calls all the plays. He calls almost all the plays. Um, he's, he's really willing to listen to us on Friday nights. Um, so how it worked for me was – um, when we first got there, he listed like the runs that he wanted to wanted to incorporate into the offense. And so what I did was I, you know, put them put them together essentially of like how we're going to block all the fronts. And then I just, I, you know, be the run game coordinator. And he was like, "Yeah, man, I, yeah, I think that would be you know a great title for you to have." So if push comes to shove on Friday nights, he's, he's the one calling the plays, but he will ask me, Hey man, what do you want to, what run play do you want to run right here? Cause I think he, he understands, you know, that I know 
the run game really well, um, especially, you know, since I essentially created it um, at, at our high school. So when anything's popping off on Friday night, he'll say, hey, Coach Mao, what, what do you think about running here? And I'll just say, hey, just run X, Y, or Z, whatever, depending on the defense is giving them. So if you had to pick your favorite run play that you have, like your bread and butter for what you guys do, it's third and one, fourth and one, what play are you going to go with? So I'm going to upset everybody at uh, the other podcast, Run the Power, but I'm an inside zone guy, man. I love inside zone. Um, I think it's so, so, so intricate, yet so, so simple at the same time. Um, and how we run it, we run it a little bit different than everybody uh, we use the count system, so uh, every all five offensive linemen are responsible for one person on defense, essentially, and that's who their responsibility is. So, like, um, if we obviously have five, so we're going to block five people. Why would we have five and block four? Right? Wouldn't that give that would give the defense an advantage? You know. So that's how we. That's how I run inside zone, which is a little bit different, but I think it's extremely effective. Right. I I love inside zone. I was a power guy and then liked inside zone. I came to a school. We That was our bread and butter. And we went 9-0, and, and I was like, well, there you go. I can convince people now inside zone. You can go 9-0 with exactly. inside zone. Uh, uh, so... So you guys are spread team where you're at. You know, some of these coaches have had their wing tee, and which is fine, which is fine. I have nothing against it, but please tell me you guys run a spread offense there with your inside zone. We do. We are, we are a um, air raid team, so. Oh, I love it. You've already got me sold. Uh, uh, so have you always coached offensive line or have you coached any other position? Uh throughout your time being a coach? So I have also coached defensive line um, at a school in Greenville as well. So I was I came out of uh, college as an offensive line coach and then coached defensive line and then moved back to offense because I'm an offensive guy. I love offense. Um, and that's, that's what I've always wanted to do. That's what I played. I just love, you know, scoring a bunch of points and, making the other guy can't stop me and he just gets upset and I just keep going, you know? Right. Yeah. You, you gotta love it. Um, so I coached the defensive side of the ball before, uh, D line linebackers. I've been an assistant defense coordinator at one point. How does coaching defense, did coaching defense help you become better at offense or did you take anything saying coaching defensive line? I'm going to bring over, like if they line up this way, there's a reason for it guys and give them a head like you're ahead of the game essentially since you coach defense now you're back on offense uh yeah i definitely think that coaching on the defensive side helped now being you know a, a spread air raid guy i don't think it helps as much as maybe some people would think because there are always answers in the offense so like it doesn't really matter what you do on defense if that makes sense uh, but it did help me understand like the exact gaps that defensive coaches use and how they do it and whatnot. But what I used to do when I was coaching defense was I would be the dude who 
told the defensive coordinator like what they were trying to do on the offensive side of the ball. So like one one team that we played never showed on film. They never showed like uh, front side veer. And so at halftime, we couldn't we couldn't figure out how to stop it like in the first half. And so we get to halftime and they're like, I don't understand how the play works. And I was like, guys, look, we used to run where I was previously. Here's how the play works. And then second half, we come out there and shut it down. I mean, that was that was my primary job there was, you know, obviously coaching D-line. And then in the game, it was, hey, here's what they're doing on offense. Here's how we can stop it, essentially. Right, yeah. Uh, I think they both coincide. Sometimes it's better to know offense first then go on defense. But, you know, I coach defense everywhere. And so when I were on offense, I was like, hey, guys, they line up like this. This is why. This is why you run a route this way or whatever, whatever it is. Um, so COVID kind of changed the world, obviously. So with your school and your guys's state, how is, what changes happened with COVID and what were you guys able to do during the summer? Uh, be with the kids at all? Are you just now going to start being with, um, uh, are you guys going to have a season in the fall? You know, what's been going on over there with COVID? So, uh, yeah, it definitely is, you know, changed the world. Um, so with us, we actually have uh, really great leadership in the district that I'm at, and they have allowed us to con- to go all summer. So we actually started on June 8th, and we've gone – we go Monday through Thursday, and we've gone Monday through Thursday every week the entire summer. And how it works is there has to be less than uh, 10 people in a group, including the coach, at first, like that's how it started. Uh, so 10 people, including the coach. So I had nine kids who were with me all the time and then me. And, uh, if we were outside, we could socially distance and you didn't have to wear a mask. So what we did in the beginning was we did band work. So we did like a big band workout and body weight stuff because, you know, sending out stuff over Twitter you know, is, is great, but are the kids really doing it? You know, who knows? Right. They, they could or could not. So we, we decided to phase them back in and do like a bunch of body weight and band stuff, whatever. So I was facilitating that. Then we had, you know, all the other groups. So wide receiver coach was with the wide receivers, D-line coach, D-line, uh, linebackers, linebackers, all that stuff. So then they recently – so we're doing phases is what the high school league here in South Carolina is doing. So we've been in phase one all summer, which is what I just said. And then, so now we're actually in phase 1.5, which increases the limit to 16 kids in a group. Uh, so now we've been going for two weeks in 1.5 and then starting tomorrow, we'll still be in one point. And then on the eighth, which is our first day of actual school, we will move into phase two, which is almost unlimited without any restrictions. But I still wear a mask all the time just because I, I want to play football, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to stay safe. All of our coaches wear masks all the time. Uh, so we're trying to stay safe. If we get anywhere close, like if we do like a walkthrough or something, I'll have my guys do wear their masks just because, you know, as an offensive line, right now the restrictions are I wear masks, so all my guys are wearing masks all the time. So that's that's essentially what's been going on. But starting 
on the eighth, from my knowledge, it's going to be almost normal, essentially. So that's good in South Carolina. That's what we're doing, and we're our first game is on September twenty fifth. Uh, it was actually supposed to be two weeks ago, but we pushed the season back to the twenty fifth. So that's when we're going to start. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous. I probably need to go to a state that's doing that. We don't go till first practice is February 15th here in Illinois. Uh, nice snow practice we'll have. Uh, our first game was supposed to be uh, this past or this last Friday. That would have been our first game. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, wearing a mask. You know, I don't care what people believe. Just, just wear it. It's not. It sucks, but just wear it. Just, just for the case that we can get back to normal. Just, just wear it. If we have to, just do it. Um, so you said you, you guys run an air raid. Um, so do you guys lean more towards Mike Leach's stuff, Hal Mummy stuff, or is there another coach that you guys kind of look at and say, this is the type of stuff we want to do, or do you just have your own stuff? You come up with your own type of things. Um, so I am a big, uh, Mike Leach guy, um, uh, Coach Robert Helms, who's the offensive coordinator at Mallard Creek, taught me the offense, who learned from Kyle Richardson, who is at Clemson University right now. Um, so that's kind of where I came from. And then uh, we have two other coaches on staff who are big Tony Franklin guys. Um, uh-huh. So, like, we've kind of, like, blended all the air raid, I guess, concepts together. And, you know, that's that's pretty much what we're doing right now. We do – you know, Tony Franklin and Mike Leach, a little bit of how mummy, we do all of that good stuff together, you know, just get your playmakers a ball in space and have a great time. Yeah. Some coaches say that how mummy stuff is more of a high school level, I guess. And then Mike Leach's is more of a college because he lets his quarterback really like call the plays. He might single in, but the quarterback has full reign to check everything. Yeah. So that's kind of where they go with it. Um, so how do you guys get installed? Do you do the three-day install, or do you guys do something different, or try to keep it like how they all do it? Yes, sir. We just do a three-day install. Easy stuff. Um, so with the air rate stuff, do you guys still run the ball, or are you guys going to be the – we're going to pass it every single play, or do you guys still get into running the football, or does it, does it matter, or does it what the defense does? You're going to run the ball or pass it? Uh, it really boils down to whatever the defense does. So we do air raid concepts and then take whatever the defense gives us. You know, if they got three dudes in the box, we're just going to run it. You know, if they got eight guys in the box and we're going to throw it, you know. So just taking whatever the defense gives you most of the time. So for you, what is your favorite concepts from the air raid, whether it's quick game or drop back? What is your favorite ones to run? So if anybody who runs the air raid doesn't say stick or cross, and then see, I've gotten into the, into the uh, I don't know if I want to run mesh. I'm one of those guys because of how much time it takes to run. You know, right. practice it all the time. So if I had to take just two, I would go stick and cross would be mine. I know that may upset a few air raid purists with mesh, but I think it just takes a really long time to develop, like, the chemistry of when to read, when to throw, not obviously just running the play, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. Um, 
I've heard coaches say that where mesh takes so much time, they just kind of scrape it. Now, could you still run your shallow and not have mesh? Because I know shallow kind of, you know, if they, if they stop mesh, you can run shallow. But could you still do shallow and not have mesh in there? Could it still work? No, of course. Yeah, we also run shallow. So, yes, yes, sir. We also run that. Uh, more than I can, let's go here. Um, so, what, what, what's your response? Not to get you in trouble. Um, if people watch Twitter or look at Twitter, there's coaches, I want to say like me, where I just love offense. You run an under center offense, triple option. Good for you. You know, I like to watch it. I'll watch Army and all of them on TV. Um, if you run spread, good for you. You know, that's what you like. We'll all watch it on TV. Why do you think people just hate each other when they say Winky is stupid or air raids are soft? Like, you know, how mummy ain't soft, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. uh, so I don't – what do you think when you see this? Like, why do we hate each other so much? Why can't we just all get along and help each other? I don't understand. Like, yeah. offense is offense. I don't know. That's a great question. Like, if you, if you study what – air raid was it was actually under center with an h and a y and like it looked you know like the triple option of today you know i don't know why they hate each other i don't hate any of them like if you're scoring points you're scoring points is i i don't like the defensive guys you know I, all the offensive guys i like all of them i don't care you can call me soft but whatever i don't if i'm scoring points and you're scoring points Great. Let's all let's all dislike those guys over there on the evil side of the ball, you know, the dark side. Right. Like people need to research. Like when you research from Mike Leach, like if you read his book, any of the books out there on them, he straight up says, if my receivers don't block and aren't tough, I will not throw them the ball. Somebody else is going to get the ball. Like they don't understand that his screen passes came from like the rocket toss. Like it was the same thing. Uh, it's just. I don't get it. Uh, they all feed off each other. I don't understand it. Um, so do you guys allow your quarterback to audible a lot, you know, or do you guys call the play and they have to run that play or, you know, in a spread, if a quarterback sees something, do they have, get full reign to audible? You know, uh, I complain about Mitch Trubisky being a Bears fan. Um, they'll be eight in the box and they still run the ball. And I'm like, why did he not audible to a pass play? You know, so do you guys let your quarterbacks audible in certain situations? Or is it, I'm going to call this play, you run this play, you know, no questions asked? Um, so I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really know the answer to that question. Uh, so I'm a big, uh, I'm just going to do my job guy. So, like, I'm just going to install all the running games that you want uh, and who's a coordinator, coaches our quarterback. So I don't know if he changed I, – based, I don't think he's changed stuff up front because usually whatever the offensive – whatever he runs. Um, so last year we had – he was a senior, so he left uh, this past year. Uh, so I think this year, I think – I think no, – so I could be wrong because I'm, I'm not – quarterback's doing back there what any of those other guys are doing. I'm just worrying about – trying to get our, my five guys ready to go. Um, but if I, if I had to take a guess, I would say that we run what we usually call. 
but I couldn't be a hundred percent sure. I mean, I don't, I don't remember too many times where uh, our offensive coordinator called a play and it was something different. Right. Um, were you guys get a tight end involved at all? Do you guys get an H back involved? Um, or are you guys strictly going to be, we're going to spread you out two by two and three by one and just motion to different spots or get that tight end involved. Cause some people are starting to get a tight ends hand in the ground and running those type of concepts and they're having great success with it. Cause people forget about the tight end sometimes when they have their hand in the dirt. Oh yeah. The, um, so usually at every school that I've been to, so the last I've been to, we've been, we've been air raid teams and, and I'm going to be honest with you, man. If that guy's going to play tight end, he's probably going to be playing linebacker for the for the schools that I or defensive. We call those guys unicorns. We don't we don't really see too many unicorns at the schools I'm at because you know if they're playing tight end, they're usually playing defensive end or they're playing linebacker for us. So tight ends, even though our offensive staff would love to have one, but we have not had the opportunity to get one of those guys over yet. Yeah, I think I've been at only two times when we've had like a tight end, tight end, twice, I think. And if we do, he's just going to be another lineman. We're just putting him in there to block, yeah. uh, which which is great. Um, so how did you decide or come up with your inside zone where it's just going to be a body on a body? You know, my five guys are going to block five guys, no double team. Is it, you know, to play faster? Is it you don't want to waste time on a double team? Do you get more reps from not doing double teams? Or how'd you come up with that with your inside zone? Oh, now, Coach, we get double teams. There's no we're, – we're not hiding from the double teams now. We do uh, – so it just it, – it, uh, I actually learned it from uh, Coach Helms. Uh, I spoke about it. And he actually learned it from, like, Oh, I don't remember who he learned it from, but he actually, uh, before I left, so we worked together at our last school and then I left and he left, like we took two, obviously, and we went to two different places. And uh, he showed me before he left, he showed me uh, some notes that he took in 2004. And there was a guy at, I think he was at Georgia Southern. So the council system has been going on for a long time, but it's, uh, it, it's really, so uh, the, in the count system, depending on where the defense is lined up, is if we're going to get a double team or not. So, like, if we're running, you know, inside zone to the left and there's a one technique on the on the center, yes, we're going we're gonna to double him. And then if there's a three, we're going to double him. Like, there's not – it's not necessarily a body for a body unless you only have five people in the box. You know, then it'll become we have five and you have five. So – Good. Okay, I, yeah. okay, I got you. I apologize. I think I missed the term because some people I know run inside zone and instead of double teaming, everybody steps to the right and they just go. They go forward. They're not necessarily worried about a double team. They're just going forward. Um, so I just misinterpreted, you know. I'm an, I, I don't know anything, so I'm just a podcast guy. I don't know. Uh, so I have – I asked a couple of coaches this weird question. I don't know if it's just me, if it's just the Chicago suburbs. I don't know. Um, the past three years, I've had coaches reach out and say, 
want to talk to me about coaching and I listen. And they, they always say, you know, well, I need an O-line guy. I need an O-line guy. You know, it's never I need a quarterback guy. I need a wide receiver guy. It's an O-line guy. And so during this quarantine, while I've been losing my mind, I started to ask myself, is there guys out there that just don't want to coach offensive line? Uh, is there a shortage of offensive line guys? Or, or I don't know what's going on. Like, does nobody want to coach the big boys anymore? Is it, you know, is it not glamorous enough? So is there a shortage or am I just losing my mind? Um, I, I, I would say that there is definitely a shortage of good offensive line coaches. So there are, you know, a bunch of offensive line coaches out there. Now, whether you're good or not, you know, I, I don't know how to categorize if you are a good offensive line coach or not. I like to think of myself as decent. Um, so I think it really revolves around, are you going to put in the time to learn essentially five different positions on the field? And then are you going to be happy with getting no praise ever? You know, if, if you know, we give up a block. I mean, if we give up a sack, you know, hey, the offensive line, y'all suck. Or, you know, my favorite line in when fans are taught or screaming or whatever is, hey, why don't you block somebody? I don't, you know, I want to say, well, guys, let, you know what? <laughs> we, we, we didn't want to block that guy. You know, the guy that made the tackle, we didn't want to block him, you know. But um, I, I think that the, the big thing is there, there's just not a lot of good ones. Uh, that's – I think that's the, the, the biggest thing with offensive line coaches. You know, and I think the the mantra of, hey, just get anybody in there and, you know, have have them have at it is is really gone to the wayside because, you know, every play you're coaching 45 percent of the offense every play. So, you know, you got to have your eyes all over the place. You got to be understanding of all the run schemes, all the pass schemes all the fundamentals. I think it just takes a tremendous amount of work to, you know, coach the position. And I don't know if, if anybody wants to, you know, put all that work in. And then when the quarterback throws, you know, for 450 yards and his name's on the paper and your guys are getting shunned, you know, that's, I don't think anybody wants that, you know? Right. And there's a, there is a special language, I think with offense alignment and, less and less people know. And then I was talking to a coach before and he made a good point. I think when I was growing up in high school, some the offensive coordinators seemed to be O-linemen coaches. Now you're seeing them be quarterback coaches or wide receivers coaches more now. And I don't know if it's because it's more glamorous. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I was blaming that question on quarantine, me losing my mind, uh, sitting at home. Uh, so what's going to happen with college football? <laughs> what's your opinion? You know, you have the Big 12, SEC, ACC going to play. Pac-12 wanted to cancel. Now the Big 10 is trying to revisit it and try to come back and play around Thanksgiving and try to come back. So what is going to happen? Are we going to have an actual college football playoff? What's going to happen? Uh, well, 
you know, I'm down in the South and we're, we're going, you know, so the, I don't know, I, I, down here, I guess my world is a little different because the, you know, the schools down here have been going the whole time. There's never been the SEC and ACC have never taken a, I guess a time off, you know, whenever the big 10 and them left, well, that, that's your country. So you, you'd have to tell us what's going on up there in the mid- Midwest. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Big 10 decided to stop because they got told one thing. Pac-12 got told another SEC and ACC. And they were like, you know what? We're just going to play. We're safe. We're going to play. You know, I don't know why the big 10 can't play. I, I, I need to move to the south. I don't know. Up here in Illinois, I just need to get out of here. <laughs> no, we, we, I think we're full down here, Coach. I uh, too many people. Oh, you guys can fit one more. I'll bring me and my dog. Just, just us two. We'll be fine. Uh, well, Coach, that's all I've got. Uh, is there any final thoughts or anything that you want to talk at the very end? I give coaches the final minute or so to talk about what they want to talk about. Um, I really just want to say uh, thanks for having me on. And then I think as uh, as a uh, white coach, I really think that we need to be promoting, you know, Black Lives Matter. I, I think it's a huge thing. If, if you're not addressing it with your players, especially like I, I just did this um, actually on Friday, man. I told him, look, guys, I'm always there for you. I'll never know. You know, what what happens if something happens, I'll never know because, you know, I'm not you. I'm, I'm not I'm not an African-American, so I don't know. Uh, so I think it is, I think it's really important, especially right now, that we listen to our players and try to understand them and then, you know, help them more than ever. I mean, especially the the political climate that we're in right now. So that's I would say that would be my final thing. Uh, so thanks for having me on, Coach. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we we just need to come together, listen to everybody, help each other, not hate each other. You know, we need to come together to get through everything. I totally agree. Um, well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, guys out there, thanks for listening. Stay safe, and I'll see you on the next one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.